You're listening to the Less Stress in Life podcast. Your hosts, Deb Timmerman and Barb Fletcher, are on a mission to help individuals and organizations manage stress and change. Together, they bring you real conversations, inspirational stories, and strategies to help move you from being stressed to feeling your best. Good morning and happy Valentine's Day, everybody. I'm Deb Timmerman. Welcome to our series of 52 Practical Tools for Less Stress in Life. This is Episode 7. And I'm Barb Fletcher. Our goal is to give you tools and strategies to help you move from being stressed to feeling your best. Today, we're going to build on the topic of resilience. If you remember, we talked about the physical aspects of resilience. Today, we're going to talk about emotional and mental resilience. We're going to do that in tandem. How are they different from physical resilience, Barb? Well, physical resilience, if people recall or had a chance to listen to our podcast, they'll remember that we talked about that's our ability to strength, um, our ability to carry on and move forward. Mental and emotional resilience are really about our ability to regroup after we experience a setback or a stressful event. So emotions are psychological states based on neurophysiological changes, and they're associated with thoughts, feelings, and behaviors. And they give us meaning to experiences. So today is Valentine's Day, and if I were to sit here and think about my curly-haired granddaughter, I would feel that feeling of love, appreciation and the excitement that she brings to me whenever we're together. At the same time, I might think about something that has either caused me pain or distress. And to that, I might add an emotion related to sadness. So it's our ability to relate from a feeling perspective. So mental resiliency is about mental flexibility so it's how we perceive our experiences so going back to that curly haired little girl my perception of that is potential it's new life it's enthusiasm so it's a bit it builds on that momentum the same as the sad experience that may only be my perception. It doesn't necessarily have to be true. It's just how I am um, processing that information. You gave some great examples of emotional and mental resilience. How do all three of them work together? So how does physical, emotional, and mental resilience, how, how are they intertwined with each other? So we get triggered and we have an emotional response and then our hormones go off, good or bad or indifferent, kind of just they're flowing. So that emotion, those response when we spoke about my granddaughter, that certainly wouldn't be a stress response. That would just be love and appreciation. And then yet the other example I used 
probably has some stress associated with that. And then we get a response in our body, which is going to be, you know, could be fight or flight, could actually be freeze or faint. And so those responses, um, the physical response is, is, has the momentum that's associated with those hormones that are set loose in our bodies. So we may feel an elevated heart rate as well during that period of time. So we get in this cycle and our physical resilience can get depleted. Our mental resilience may be challenged and the hamster wheel begins. That good old hamster wheel, we've all found ourselves on it. And we've talked before about how important it is to interrupt that cycle to make better choices. So that's our goal, yes? Absolutely. And our physical body wants to show us clues. It wants to alert us to something that's going on. And that, that's our opportunity. And so for me, I've um, lost someone I cared about. Um, deeply and this last week or so I ended up with neck pain and so I was reflecting back over what might have caused that neck pain and so I shoveled the deck so that was the issue as opposed to when we look a little bit deeper we understand that probably has as much to do with the emotions that I'm processing and, and I guess helping them adjust into my new life um, without that person as it did to that physical example. But my body is giving me a clue today. By giving you a clue, it gives you an opportunity to do an intervention ahead of time instead of downstream after we have all these physical aches, pains, illnesses. You know, I think many of us know folks who've experienced a loss such as yours, and they're trying to regroup, they're trying to process what's going on, lots of big emotions, and maybe that would have been a trip to the doctor or calling off or, you know, whatever that is so that you can get your reserves back. You've talked before many times about this term self-regulation. Can you explain what that means? So one of the examples that I always use is that children have a wonderful ability to often self-regulate. So if you take a child through the grocery aisle and you know they're at the level where the chocolate bars are and they ask for a chocolate bar and you say to them, no, it's supper time and then they lose it and you give in, they self-regulate out of that big explosion that they, you may be remembering and they move into that place of peace. And then you get home. You know, if you were to bring up about, you know, their bad behavior or their inappropriate behavior um, in the grocery store, they probably have no recollection. And yet, we as we age have much more difficulty self-regulating because we're going to remember that probably for weeks 
And we may even be triggered every time we go through the grocery store lineup when little ones don't have that. So it's the ability to let things go. It's to stop an emotion in its tracks um, before it gains that momentum. It almost sounds like emotions are bad when we talk about it in that framework, but they actually are not bad. They give us meaning to life. How do you use that emotion in a positive way to regulate yourself? In other words, what role do those emotions play in our ability to self-regulate? If we go back to my example, um, where my neck was was uh, giving me trouble you know it allowed me the time to sit with that and i knew that there was much more tied into it but it was only when i sat down today and thought of the example as we began this conversation hmm, yeah it probably is more about processing so as we become familiar with emotions and our ability to self-regulate we can get pretty good at catching them before they get out of control because we know we begin to feel them in our body we begin to uh, know the sensations when we're beginning to build that momentum so emotions not bad or good they just are and it really is about our ability to interpret and use those as that good information that it is. What's been your experience with emotions and mindset? It seems like getting your emotions in track and getting your mindset shaped around that could be a big thing. Can you talk about that a little bit? What I have found is that when we're wanting to change our thoughts and our perspective. It's usually easier to work with the emotions and people would prefer often to stay away from emotions because I say emotions are messy and it's sometimes a little more uh, intimidating to dig in. But if we can figure out what the baseline emotion is, what may be triggering it, and we can actually shift out of that space then it becomes much easier to work on the mental resiliency on the mindset on the perspective on the focus because without that we have all that emotional undercurrent actually impeding our ability to make those shifts i think undercurrent is a good word because sometimes when we're so stressed out we can't identify exactly the emotions we're feeling. They're a big swarm, a big mess. We might be equal uh, sad, equal mad, equal depressed, all kinds of stuff going on. And you often say that if you can just find a little piece of yarn in that skein that you're gonna unravel, you can do that. And I think that's very accurate. Um, many times with clients, they know they feel awful, but they can't isolate what that is and being able to dig a little deeper into what those emotions are so they can process is really beneficial. How do you build emotional and mental resilience? We've talked a lot about what it is, but how do we build our battery in those areas? 
the fastest way that I know is working with the heart and the breath. And it is creating that self-regulation of those messages that are going between the brain and the heart. And it it can sound a bit intimidating, but the truth is it's we breathe all the time. We're alive. And so it's just a matter of gathering a bit of focus and understanding that relationship that occurs when we focus our attention um, in our heart area and allow that breath to, to move um, in and out through our nose. And uh, you know, when we can add a little appreciation into it, we actually get a situation where we can build energy in that battery. We are going to have a masterclass in March focusing on those core skills, four weeks of tools to help you with self-regulation. And if you're interested in that, you can go to lessstressinlife.com forward slash masterclass. And all the information is there about what we'll be doing in those four weeks. Last week, we talked about our internal battery level and we asked you to check in daily. This week, we'd like you to do the same, only with your emotional level. So trying to figure out or identify what emotion is playing a role in your life. And if you get off track or have a stress reaction, try to think about what emotion that was that drove that stress reaction. So another way to think about that is, is that emotion adding to giving you energy, adding to your battery, or depleting your battery. Do that daily, jot it down to serve as a reminder. We've often said, and I think we say it in every episode, awareness is the first step towards having a life with less stress. Next time, we will talk about another area of resilience, rounding out our conversation on it. So we're so happy you could join us today. Have a great day. Ta-ta. Less stress in life is possible. If you're new to this kind of thinking and would like to explore what's possible for you, we'd love to connect. You can reach us through our website at lessstressinlife.com. That's lessstressinlife.com.